Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of DC Figures and Collectibles. I am Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram, as well as Batman TAS Figs on YouTube. And I am joined by my co-host at the.batfan coming all the way from Stoke-on-Trent, England. Yes, not America, England. <laughs> Are you yes, doing? good. I'm, I'm doing really well, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely certified English over here. Yes. Um, Yes, no, I'm doing really good. Yeah, it's been a, a fun week. And um, yeah, how are you doing? I am doing very splendid. And I, uh, Excellent. I'm Excellent. looking forward to talking a lot of toy stuff. I yeah, feel like I'll, it's been a while yeah. since the last time we talked. It is. And that's kind of, um, it's kind of the movies and the sort of DC media's fault that we haven't really sort of talked about it a <laughs> lot lately because there's so much going on all over the, uh, all over the Batverse. Yes. Now, are there any uh, new upcoming DC figures that you've seen that are coming out soon that are that have piqued your interest? Um, actually, one that you already have and one that I'm looking forward to very much is the DC Essentials Cheetah. Um, uh, and not not only did I really really in, you know enjoy the um, the figure, I also love the setups that you did for the Cheetah pictures. Thought they were really fantastic, especially that first one you did. That was awesome. Well, thank you very much. And let me tell you right now that it is not hard to take a bad picture of that figure because <laughs> you walk in and I saw and I saw those in the comic shop, and that figure just stood out immediately. I was like, okay, I gotta have this. So, where did you pick her up from? From Horizon Comics, the guy that we've had on our podcast oh, before. Yes, yeah, he was a really, really good guy. Yes, and he was. Uh, as soon as I walked in, he said, "They're to your left." He knew what I was there for. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I want that kind of relationship with my local <laughs> comic store. <laughs> and I, I have to say, I was extremely disappointed with seeing the other figures. Really? Especially Cyborg Superman. Mm. His teeth looks like they forgot to do any kind of detail or that just like he's wearing a silver mouth guard or something. Yeah. like that. It just does not look... I was I was wanting to I was going expecting to buy him and Cheetah, but right. I, I could not do it. Wonder Woman actually looked brilliant, but I've already the DC Icons Wonder Woman is basically a seven inch figure anyway, so I figured I'd keep that. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, the Icons Wonder Woman is stupidly tall for yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it's like you put that you put that Wonder Woman next to the original Batman that they released with the blue cow, and it's oh. just embarrassing to see. <laughs> It's like her baby brother, Batman. It's like, I really want that <laughs> Batman, but then I know that he isn't going to scale right. I mean, it's, it's just weird, but yeah. Um, you definitely have to take solo shots of him. Absolutely. But no, the uh, the cheetah looks fantastic, and um, I love the articulation. It looks great, and the, the sort of sculpt of the figure looks good. doesn't look generic, which is what we've criticised the line for. So yeah, it definitely looks like a cool figure. Yeah, and I also noticed, and I don't know, uh, but they're starting to put up for pre-order and i don't know if they've they've been up before but i just noticed they have the uh the bane from the injustice game as well as the dark side oh okay so in case any of you are looking for that i know that you were interested in get possibly getting a bane is that from storm collectibles yeah yeah i'm definitely going to be looking into that especially dark is that on big bad toy store yes i think so well, I'm literally going to be looking at that right now. In fact, I'm, I'm, I 
having a look at stone collectibles as we speak. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, love the look of that Bane. It looks insane at Comic Con, and um, I didn't realise they were doing a Dark Side. Yes. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna check that out right now. And then you you and oh I don't know if it's brand new to you, but you've definitely shared some really great shots of a new figure that you've gotten. Oh right, okay. This is interesting. <laughs> the Batman Begins Mayfix. Yeah, the um, the Batman Begins Mayfix figure is just incredible, isn't and it? It what an awesome figure! It, it partly inspired by your shot, and also inspired by the fact that I'm rewatching all the movies at the moment with my dad, which has been good fun. But um, honestly, the uh, the Batman Begins figure is amazing because you can fit so many different um, possibilities into one. So you, if you get the Batman Begins Mayfax along with the brand new Bruce Wayne Mayfax and then also the Dark Knight 3.0 uh, Mayfax, you can mash them together and mix them all up and create so many different figures, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, but that Batman Begins figure is fantastic. They capture it perfectly. Cape's brilliant. The yeah, which I didn't like at first. Didn't like the wide. Oh. It was too. It was too big. But actually, I love it. That's the best part. I yeah, because I, I thought at first it was too massive. Then you rewatch the movie, and in fairness, the cape is freaking huge. So, yeah, and uh, I I absolutely love how you incorporated the Arkham Asylum or the Asylum uh, Extreme set with it because that's like one where the scene takes place in the culmination of the movie so it just fits perfect yeah yeah I, um, that's very kind of you yeah because i love that extreme set it's just it, it that scene just stands out to me when i think of batman begins so yeah that's really kind of you and then speaking of uh since you said you were watching movies with your pops and you're going redoing the batman movies you recently yeah. you did a a very nice especially considering how old the figures are, picture of Batman <laughs> Mr. Freeze. It's actually a great uh, The picture is 10 times more brilliant than the actual movie. <laughs> Thank you. No, that, that was one of those moments where it's just a spur of the... Um, it's it just a spur of the moment, I guess, kind of thing. And uh, I'd noticed it was the 22 years. I'd literally watched it a couple of days before, so it was like, oh, stuff it. I'm just going to do a picture. Um just gonna do a picture of it, so yeah, decided to uh, to quickly take a picture of the, uh, the three figures that are actually in some sort of decent condition. Well, I think they look really good for especially how old they are. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, they're so old. The Robin and the Batman were two of my favourites when I was growing up, especially the Robin. The Robin's just amazing. Um, they've also got Poison Ivy and Batgirl from that same wave, but. Poison Ivy is just so bad, so I couldn't even photograph her. She looks terrible. She looks very manly. <laughs> she really does, yeah. She really does. And then the uh, the Batgirl is just freaking poor as well. And she's got a, a missing cape, so and a great big mark on her nose, so I decided not to bother photographing her. <laughs> uh, but then, I have to say, it was extremely enjoyable, as always, to... Look at the picture that you guys did for your last uh, weekend theme. I know we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast, yeah. but you guys finished up brilliantly. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, um, the weekend theme last week was good fun. We've uh, 
the uh, death of Superman weekend, which was a little bit different to what we'd usually um, do. It was very much centered upon one character. We try not always to sort of narrow down on a scenario or something, but this one I thought there's so many different versions of of Superman dying. You've got the BVS, you've got the hereafter one, you've got um, the sort of I don't know the reign of Superman and things like that, and and also the Doomsday fight, and then the the Justice League movie um, rebirth of Superman and stuff like that as well. There's so many different versions that you can go for, and so we thought it'd be a cool idea to to give it a go. And yeah, um, it was certainly a fun one. And you have a big fun as well, I think, and definitely going to be probably fun for you guys creatively. A uh, fun weekend thing this week. Absolutely, yeah. So with the Bat Collector, who is Lewis, you can find him on Instagram, at the Bat Collector. And um, yeah, we've got a Bruce Wayne theme this weekend. Um, Lewis chose this one, partly based on two purchases we recently made. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned, I've got the Christian Bale Mayfax Batman uh, and Bruce Wayne, and he has got the um, Mayfax uh, Ben Affleck Bruce Wayne. Batman, so uh, that's going to be so much fun, so much fun to do and yeah, we can really sort of mix it up and get into some cool figures I also think it's cool that you guys both recently got those and they are uh, recently released figures as well, so anyone that's on the fence right now you guys are just killing it on the pitch, you're probably going to force some people to buy it Yeah, we're we're hoping to kick them off the fence, all being well Hopefully, in the nicest possible way. But yeah, hopefully uh, people will enjoy it. And um, yeah. I got to talk been... about one more of yours that you did recently. It was a collaboration with one of our two-time yeah. guests at Ranky Customs. And it's always uh, cool when I see any photos from this movie. But you guys really did a nice one on this. Thank you. Yeah, I, the first one I took of it, um, it was when I was first starting putting sort of back cave um, pictures on the screen and it, I, I don't know, I, I just thought it was a horrible picture and I didn't like it and then Kevin randomly messaged me with sort of, oh I, I found this really cool sort of angle and lighting for the Jokers, I was like, oh, it's, it's fate it has to be, so I decided <laughs> that um, I was going to do another collaboration with it and uh, yeah, it, that, I mean that was uh, definitely good fun to do and I think this time it was a slightly better picture, a slightly better angle because the first one, I, I, I don't know, I just didn't like it. It looked really weird. The angle wasn't quite right. And uh, also really loving Batman Beyond at the moment. So I wanted to definitely do another Beyond picture. And we've actually got another Beyond picture planned um, within the next couple of weeks with uh, his Superman custom. So that's going to be good fun. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, his yeah. Return Joker custom Joker is amazing. Unbelievable figure, yeah, unbelievable. I loved, I still love the chin that he's got on that really sort of sharp <laughs> chin. It, it's just perfect, and um, yeah, that that picture I just got my first ever big share on another toy page, which I know, um, I know really, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty. I've got, I hardly, it hardly ever happens. It was um, the toy syndicate who very kindly shared nice. it. So yeah, thanks to them for that. But um, yeah, it was good, uh, good fun setting that one up. And also, um, I was going to ask you. Um, I recently picked up the Atmosphere Aerosol, and I know that's um, an accessory you used yes. a lot in pictures as well. So I was um, 
going to pick your brains with it. How how do you use it? Because I've been asking Lewis, and he he gave me a few cool tips. Because I recently used it on the picture uploaded today, funnily enough, for the uh, Christian Bale Batman Begins picture. It was the first time I've used it, so it's kind of hard to get right, isn't it? Yes, very hard to get right. Um, it depends on what look you're going for. I feel like if you want it to be uh, something bright and almost um, where it looks a lot more smoke than there is, you could have a, a light right behind the person, but then you're going to have to make sure to light the figure um, in a different way, more from the side, from both sides, so that mm. the light from the back can still catch all the smoke properly. That sort that's of thing. Good, that's a good tip. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. And then uh, a lot of times, too, what I find is nice, is that for, especially for like uh, building shots or brooding shots, where um, I have a light underneath the figure and near it, where it's shining up the building. Mm. And that way you can catch some of the, the smoke. And also, I think it'll be fun for you uh, if you have, I think you told me you have something that changes light colors, a lighting fixture. Yes, I did experiment with this actually as well, yeah. Did it work? We'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I wouldn't like to say if it did or not. I'd, I'd rather people see what they think. But, um, and another thing is yeah. light. Mm. Yeah. You could, I, you could space some stuff out or some sets or something that's cut out and make sure you shine some light in there so when you blow the aerosol in there, it catches the light rays. Yeah, yeah. So that could that could work too. I'm actually really excited now to see what you come up with. Well, did you know the a picture that you re-uploaded this week, which is the almost gotten picture. That's one of my all-time favorite pictures. Obviously, did you use the aerosol in that? Because it looks amazing. Which which one? It was the one with the bat signal shining down on the table. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Because that looks it gives it a real sort of smoky sort of. Um, real sort of 90s feel to it and really sort of crime boss yes and that's what i was going for i wanted to feel like it was a smoky atmospheric uh, nasty crime bar <laughs> yeah it really reminds me of that 89 scene the one where says like glad you're dead yeah. <laughs> and it really reminds me of that sort of you know that sort of atmosphere that kind of feel to it uh yeah i this is i think you'll really like it and just another thing uh that you, another tool you'll be able to add to your belt yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's good fun. I don't, certainly don't want to overuse it, but I definitely want to use it where I can. If it can well, especially because especially it's probably expensive when you, if you overuse it and run out too quick. <laughs> too true. I mean, the, the next picture that I'm doing and uploading is going to um, hopefully be slightly better than the one today, um, the one I'm going to use for the theme tomorrow. So, yeah, hopefully that will look slightly better. But actually, by the time this goes out, it will have been already uploaded so i've done like a a bruce wayne first time discovery of the cave and mixed up the mafex figures so that will be hopefully gonna try and see if that works out a little bit better um i gotta say big thanks to my mum for helping me with that as well (laughs) because i had to get on the floor and take the angle get the angle correct so she sprayed the uh, aerosol (laughs) oh that's cool yeah she was a big help from my mum and also she Used a watering can on the figure. <laughs> all, oh, nice. will be, all will be explained tomorrow. I'm liking what I'm here. I can, I'm trying to visualize it. I'm getting a good concept. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you what you post. But yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, but actually, talking about door shots, you did um, an absolutely amazing 
villain set up with the, the the three heroes surrounded by an absolutely evil looking uh, gang. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, in my garage. Oh, okay. I love yeah, the sort I... of light and sort of cold nineties feel. Yeah, you're talking about the one where it's like Batgirl, Batman, and Robin surrounded. Yeah, I love the shadows you put on as well. By the way, thank you. And I, I wanted to try to get their silhouettes, but with all those figures and that thing, it was taking a while. But <laughs> I, I did a post like that before, but I wanted to do another one since we got the actual, all the true BTAS versions of the classics. So I was yeah, finally able yeah. to add Two Face and Scarecrow, and I added I added Firefly just because he's cool. I wanted to put oh, him yeah. there. Well, he doesn't have an original design, so you can throw him in. Yeah, I, I know that. The, I remember Bruce Tim and Paul Dini saying they wanted to use him, they just couldn't because of censors. So I put him in. <laughs> I, always, you know, I always found that weird. The, the animated series generally um, is darker than the new adventures, but yet they couldn't put him in because they thought it was too dark. Yeah, and the they, said because, of, I don't they said because they said because of fire. But in the very intro of the Batman intro, there's a fire explosion. So I was, <laughs> yeah. And then you get to like the fourth episode or fifth episode, which is POV, and then that's one well, that is entirely based around a fire. Yeah, and they're so, endangered, and, and even pretty poisoned as well. Pretty poisoned's got fire. That makes no sense, but anyway, yeah, I loved <laughs> loved that shot. Brilliant shot. Um, Thank you. I liked mm-hmm. the off balance shot you did actually as well. I love the effects. Is that sort of the the Photoshop? Um, yes, and what that is is um, it's a separate layer. I took. Uh, just a picture of a red background. I took a photo of Batman, turned him into a PNG, <laughs> put him on there, did a drop shadow effect, and purposely didn't make it bendy and made Batman bendy because the vertigo thing's all in your mind. It's not actually affecting your physical body. Good points. So I made sure to do that. I, I was hoping so, which, like, hey, the shadow's not bendy, but no. <laughs> I was ready for it. That's I had the point, though. I had a logical explanation for it. <laughs> exactly, that's the point. Because he is, yeah, exactly. He is standing still. Therefore, the shadow should yep. be that. I uh, completely agree with that. I love putting, putting science into figure photography. This, this is the kind of service you only get on DC figures and collectibles. <laughs> and I literally debated it myself. I was like, well, I know it makes sense, but will people think it makes sense? Will they want to see a, a squiggly shadow? I was like, no, I'm sticking with my guns. <laughs> no, exactly. You don't get this kind of information on other collectible podcasts. You really don't. Or, or, any, or any information at all right now. Or any information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, but also, uh, oh, I had a big event last week, Father's Day. Um, oh, yes. A big event last week. And it was a big event on your page as well. That was an incredible reaction you got off that. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I posted, <laughs> I wanted to repost, and I know any DC fan or any fan of DC animation or the movies. And of course, Scott will agree. Anyone knows this scene and it's from flashpoint paradox. And luckily that scene was made with Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. So it makes it even more epic. Yeah. Uh, it's a scene where Barry delivers the message from Thomas Wayne, who is the flashpoint paradox Batman. And while working with uh, the flash in that universe, he's aware of Batman, what, of Bruce, and that he's became Batman in his universe. So he sends him a message, and I've I've done that picture uh, in a myriad of ways at different universes. I did 
uh, Batman 89 with uh, the old style Flash that came out with the DC Multiverse. I did the animated version of Justice League style with the long ears, of course. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Batfleck with uh, Ezra Miller style uh, Beast Kingdom figures. And then the DC Collectibles Icon 7-pack figures. And yeah, I didn't expect it to get as big a response it did. And it has absolutely crushed my previous record of likes. Well, that's mad. Now, I mean, what I love about this, quite apart from um, the setup, is the diorama in the background um, in that it's appropriate to every sort of every sort of picture. So you've got like the icons one that's got more sort of comic book feel to it. Then you've got the BVS um, details with the Beast Kingdom figures in the background and things like that. And the animated one, of course, in the animated cave. And then finally the, the 90s one has got sort of, you can see like his grapple gun and his batarang and stuff in the, in the foreground and, uh, that's what I love. I mean, it's details like that that make each picture. It's not like you know the same picture repeated in a different set in the same setup. Sorry, I'm I'm very I'm appreciative that people pick that up because whenever I feel like, and you've probably been like that too when you're doing a a setup and you're putting an accessory in there, you're like, oh man, I really hope people notice. Yes, exactly. taking the time to make this appropriate. Mm. Yeah, so it's always good to know fellow collectors and that people at that follow us they notice it <laughs> no definitely but that was a yeah that was a a repost but i figured it was appropriate so yeah oh yeah definitely I'm happy that it got the likes and people enjoyed I mean, it father's day is just perfect uh, for that photo until yes. we get a, until we get a decent thomas wayne figure oh we got to soon would it be epic if the dc collectibles the way they're doing the Bruce Tim made a Flashpoint Batman in the anime Holy style. Holy crap, that would be amazing. With Thomas Wayne with that gray mustache. That would, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be so cool. Oh wow. That would yeah, that would be one of the that'd be one of the best figures that they'd have ever made if they did something like that. That'd be fantastic. Even if we got just like a, a Batman animated series figure with a rebirth suit or something, that'd be really cool. Heck yeah. Well, Hopefully wow. they milk that till we run out of money. So many <laughs> possibilities. I was talking about this with um, Zulu the other day. You can check out him out um, on Instagram. Incredibly talented custom maker. It's uh, Zulu1984. I was talking with him the other day about um, um, where they're going to go with this line and, and stuff. What Do you reckon they're going to carry on with it like in all genuine seriousness? I know we've talked about it before, but be 100 serious you reckon they'll carry on with it i think if they're smart they will because we saw i mean if you just look at the reactions of the internet alone uh when they release something like the when they show the wrestling figures mm. people did not like that and they made their they made it known and they voiced their opinion thankfully dc didn't ignore that and just lose tons of money and go and end up producing that anyway trying to sell them absolutely but I mean, you, you see the reaction when they show the animated version in Bruce Tim style of any figure they make, and people go nuts. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with cancelling that line if it's not going to be successful, you know? I mean, no, if anything, it saves comic book stores the trouble of saying, okay, I wonder if people will buy this, let me order it, and then they have to just sit on their shelf for years. Exactly, yeah, and then 
and you know, in turn, that makes it less likely to make more figures. So it's a smart move from them to do it. As disappointed as you know, albeit the minority will be, I think it's a smart move. You know, um, and hopefully they put more effort into the animated line. I mean, they certainly have with these latest releases and also the wave to come. Although it's worrying that we haven't still had pre-orders up for them. Um, <laughs> but be that as it may, they're definitely updating the sort of technology and the way that they build the figures. Um, I definitely feel like they're sort of painting and, and their head sculpts are massively improving uh, which is really really good yeah and they even um, went to the trouble of improving the articulation you would hope that they're like okay we went through all this trouble let's just keep it going yeah the, the only thing I hope wish they change is the whole rubber hands I hate them Can't all the, the crappy plastic they're using it feels like rubber I hate them but otherwise I think they're going <laughs> on the right direction heck yeah Hopefully they just do every style of Batman in an animated figure style. <laughs> yeah, I'm also looking forward to the Bat Cycle coming out hopefully very soon. Like, think how cool it would be if they made an animated Batman 89 or a Michelle Pfeiffer style Catwoman animated. Oh, that would be cool. Heck yeah, people would buy that. No, that would be cool. I'm really, yeah. really excited. Hopefully there's a, uh, a lot of exciting things coming up that we'll see at Comic-Con this, in a very short time. Yeah, who knows what we're going to see. It, it, I mean, Hopefully we get some pre-orders up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Really excited to see what um, DC collectibles are going to bring. I mean, they've been pretty quiet lately, and the fact that DC isn't, or DC movies at least, isn't going to be there. So you know, hopefully DC collectibles bring it home and, show something amazing and get everybody sort of talking about them again. And, yeah, that uh, absolutely blows about not going to Comic-Con. Yeah. I, th- I, I think everybody uh, think everybody's <laughs> a little bit bored of Marvel right now, so let's get DC back uh, in the forefront <laughs> of things. Well, yeah, it is a little boring. They've had their limelight this whole first half of the year with their movies. Like, we yeah. want to see we want to I want to see a, like a new Joker trailer. Well, maybe not because I don't want to see too much. But maybe a one yeah. trailer. Yes, Wonder Woman trailer would be really cool. Really, really would be cool. Second teaser, get us hype. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see something that we haven't uh, haven't seen yet because there yeah. has been so little of it. It's really strange, especially that they decide not to go. And this is supposed to be a very big year for Comic Con. So, like, I think their fiftieth anniversary, and it's supposed to be a big hub of You you think that they would want to be there? Yeah, definitely. It is strange, isn't it? So you're right. DC Collectibles has to bring it home. <laughs> they, they really do, man. They really do. And I, I don't really care to see what new statues they got or what black and white statue oh, they got. Oh, God, no. It's like, really I know they're cool, but you, it's basically the same thing every year. Let's see what toys you got. Hopefully you got some. <laughs> yeah, we're getting bored of seeing there. Seen statues and very often they're just the same bloody thing as well. Just that we've seen before re-released and it, it does get boring. It really does. But now it's black and white. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but who wants a colorless statue that is re-released now? It's, you don't want a colorless statue for three hundred bucks? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'd rather eat the money. <laughs> I'd rather eat the money. Or buy the Dark Knight 3.0, 2.0. I would rather have about a thousand Mad Hatters in, <laughs> rather than the... With no torch. With no torch, exactly. 
Oh dear, no, it's, it's awfully strange from them, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope we see some good stuff from them. Not for yes. not for what it is. Just let's hope it's good, and um, yeah. Now they keep going. the next te- topic we're going to get on is something that uh, I know that you want to talk about for a little bit, and that you also have recent amount of more experience in, mm. and that is taking different shots or, or photos of different scaled figures in yes. terms of three and three fourth or four inch or five inch to six inch. And yes. I know that you collect the classic uh, justice league figures as yes. well as the, the now day new versions. And I just wanted, and I, I want to let me know where, what you want to go with this. Tell me, let me know what you think about it. Okay. So, um, this I, th- I thought it was just a fascinating thing that actually um, you originally brought up saying, oh, you know, it'd be cool to talk about sort of the challenges of photographing different figures. And I know we kind of discussed it with um, with Dwayne, who recently came on, who is at Kingdom Morris on Instagram. Um, I think it's fascinating the challenges you have, not only of the figure itself, but also diorama pieces and... Um, you know the challenges of making something um, come to life in different scales. So one sixth, I feel like, is is just such an impossible task to get props for, especially if you're someone like, like yeah. So, so no, someone like four. never mind. One six is the foot long, twelve inch. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, big pardon, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of get props or something like that. So you're limited to sort of um, real backgrounds more than anything else. I mean, somebody like, um, it was at Matthew Weekly on Instagram, he is fantastic um, at incorporating real world backgrounds into his pictures. And you've got someone like Atkin Norris who can really sort of bring um, a figure to life, either using a sort of um, green screen background or all or using a computer background. So um, I've, the only figure I ever tried a 1-6 scale with is the original Kenner Robin, the really tall one. Oh. Um, that's the only one I've ever tried it with, and it looked garbage. I just can't photograph in that scale. I don't know why. It just looks really weird. But honestly, the easiest one is the one that we do, which is one twelve or the sort of 7-inch or 8-inch of the Beast Kingdom ones. I feel like it's definitely a happy medium because you can get so many accessories and also fit them into a computer screen background or into an extreme set background or into most diorama pieces. Yeah, for sure. And I also think it takes a lot of talent and skill, maybe even more skill Mm. in trying to make a four or five inch, like the, you did the Batman and Robin photo. I think that especially with how glossy those figures were back in the day, they weren't, Mm. they weren't created with, photography in mind <laughs> no that's very true they're created for five-year-olds to bang them together <laughs> but uh you like something like that i feel like it takes more skill to to make sure that you get the correct lighting and also mm-hmm. capture in a way where it doesn't because uh, a lot of the figures that were done back then have a cheaper look to them they do that's just how they were made back then it's nothing against the company it's just how they all no. looked <laughs> and uh absolutely so to to light it well and to make it look as 
as like cool as a lot of uh, modern toy photography shots. I think that's something special. I think that's a, a skill for sure. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. Um, the hardest thing I, I find with figures of this scale more than anything else is getting a sharp picture because the figures are that small, and I use a phone camera, so um, it's hard to get an up close picture of them. So like with um, I don't know a one six. Sorry, a one twelve scale Batman. It's easy to kind of get a good portrait shot with them because the the figure's big enough to sort of capture all that detail and get it sharp. But with a, a sort of four inch figure, you can't really go too up close because the camera just I don't know. It just kind of freaks out and doesn't <laughs> properly get the focus correct. It's it's dead weird. Yeah. Um, plus those those figures back in the day didn't have uh, the greatest of sculpts either. So if you get too in yeah. close, it just looks weird sometimes. Yeah, it proper exposes all the, the weakness <laughs> and all the, the sculpts. Very true. And um, yeah, the only figure I can actually get decent or close shots of is Dark Side, but that's just because he's almost a one six scale figure, uh, one twelve scale figure anyway, because he's so tall. So um, for that line, but. Um, the only thing I do love with these uh, little four-inch scale figures is you can pack so many of them in into a picture, so it's great for doing group shots. Yeah, and you have done a couple of really good group shots with them. Thank you. Yeah, and the most recent one that I did was the Injustice for All episode picture because um, you can just pack so many of them into one picture. and uh, Yeah, with the yeah, light. <laughs> yeah, um, which is really good fun. And then the, did I've done one to like with the Shazam family and I'm going to do a Justice League Beyond picture coming up or already done a Justice Lords picture and you can just pack so many figures into one picture and um you know they and they don't look out of place or anything it's like I feel like if you're trying to do the same thing with like a a 112 or a 16 scale it wouldn't work as well because there's so many um different things to consider like the depth of the picture gets bigger because the figures are bigger yeah. so these you can keep kind of keep it a little bit more flat and keep every figure in focus a little bit easier that's a good point too yeah because it, it, it you know the focus of especially something as basic as a phone camera you can't get it to uh you know, to, to have as much depth on it to keep the sharpness of the picture without uh to change the focus and that so yeah, and you even, uh, like, uh, recently, maybe a week or two ago, you did a picture with the new Batman Adventures smaller-scale Penguin, and you mixed that with uh, the new Batman Adventure figure, and that looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's kind of... I mean, that, that Penguin is too big for that scale. It, it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird. He actually fits almost perfectly with the uh, 112 scale figures, just for the fact that in the show he's so small, and, and that's so... Um, because he doesn't fit into that scale at all. He's almost the same height as Batman, with his including his hat, which is just not accurate at all. So ha happily, Mattel screwed up, which means the DC collectible <laughs> figures can benefit from it. Um, um, well, hopefully, we see maybe a version of him. This uh, would, would love that. Would love that. I think that'd be one of the top fives that you would be hoping for from the line. Because I'd love to see some more new adventures figures. We all we all need that DC. Oh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. But also in terms of photography, this is a, a subject that one of our listeners brought and requested that we talk about. I'm not going to name names for this subject, hmm. but uh, it is 
It is over Photoshop. Mm. I know that that is a contentious point for many toy photographers. It is uh, a bit of a hot button, isn't it, with some people? Yeah. Some people hashtag all tangible, so you know that they don't mess around with the Photoshop. Some people yeah. don't mind the Photoshop. And there's some people that overdo Photoshop. And then there's some people that do it to the point where you cannot tell that it's even a toy photo. Yeah. Where do you stand on the Photoshop game, Scott? Well, to be honest, like with Photoshop, I take, um, I'm not just saying this because you're here on the podcast, but I take a lot of inspiration from the way you do it because you don't overdo the effects of it. But at the same time, you still know to figure. And you still, it's, I don't know. I feel like if you over, what's the word? If you over sort of produce on it, then you, it's not an action figure shot as as much anymore. And I know this is something that I spoke about with Lewis as well, who's at the back collector. And if you kind of completely go nuts on Photoshop, you lose that essence of it being a toy photo, and that's not. You know, you, you can just go online and upload a picture if you want. If you want to get, <laughs> if you want, if you want to get it to look like that, take inspiration from it, not take everything from it and go nuts on it. Sometimes I think you've got to keep that sort of figure photo essence in there. And uh, yeah, although the, I, do, I love Photoshop sometimes for the pictures that it uses. I don't use it personally. I just use some weather effects on pictures or. Simple edits. I don't use Photoshop, but then equally, I, I, there's no problem with it. You can still enjoy it. I mean, I know Yinkeet has mentioned it. It was uh, on Instagram as well, and um, he sort of said, "Why is it that the Photoshop people get always a bad reputation over the tangibles?" And I don't think it is always fair. I do agree with him on that. But then equally, yeah, you don't need to go overboard on it all the time. No. What do you reckon? I- I uh, I agree a lot with everything that you're saying, and um, it gets to a point where, uh, like you said, it's really cool when you could do it for nice touches. To uh, you think of it like uh, makeup on a woman, okay, mm. and, or makeup on a man, I guess in this day and age. But <laughs> um, but you think of it like makeup supposed to highlight your natural features, it's supposed to just highlight what you are is already there, make it a little bit more pronounced or of that nature and when someone goes overboard with makeup you can tell it's not good looking yeah Um, exactly but so i think that it's it's good to add for added touches maybe if you took a picture and you see a blemish or a hair hanging off a figure like oh crap and then you could (laughs) it's cool you could go back and get rid of that um it's true that's a good point yeah um i but I think that like what you said and what uh, Yinkita said, how Photoshoppers get a bad rap. I don't think they should get a bad rap because I'm just trying to learn it. And there's so much, it's like you're taking the course in college. So I think yeah. that it, if you're the people that take the time to learn it, they should be able to use it because it is a skill. However, um, I, I asked with well, the person that, uh, requested this topic i asked if they could send a few examples of what they're talking about so i could get a better idea yeah and they sent a few and some one of them looked like straight concept art where i couldn't even tell at all it was a figure i just thought it was movie concept art it looked like someone drew it and i i feel like toy photography if you want to do toy photography and if you're trying to get into that community and that's your hobby and that's what you want to be about 
you have to you want to highlight the toy yes uh, the backgrounds are always cool but usually when people do a background it's to highlight the toy if you do like a animated bat cave that's only to amplify the fact that the toy is animated and make it stand out yeah um with, with anything the background is just to amplify the toy or the setting mm. and yeah if you're doing Photoshop and you're doing it to the point where it looks like concept art, you're just basically like, yeah, you're a great artist. You know how to use Photoshop and you're a wizard at it. You're a master, but that's not a toy photography shot. You're, you could do the same thing. If you took a picture of a human and drew over them and made them into like a piece of art, it's basically you're showing your Photoshop skill over your toy photography. Yeah, definitely. No, so I that's, agree with that. that's where I stand on that. Yeah, and yeah, like I say, you just lose that essence and fun of it being a, a toy picture then as well. And I don't think, I don't think people will enjoy it as much either. In terms of the bad rap too, I think that Photoshop gets. I think it's because Photoshop is intimidating, and it is uh, when you're first learning like anything. It's kind of like okay, it's kind of hard to grasp at first, but once you get the hang of it, you get it. And a lot of people don't do Photoshop. And as a toy community, you want to be involved and have everyone have a kind of be on an equal or semi-equal footing. And I think that a lot of people that see someone that use Photoshop, they might get a lot of intimidated or say, oh, well, that's not that's not a fully 100 toy. But I think it's more because they're... Yeah. They, but you, you get what I mean. They're just like a yeah. little... It's like, okay, maybe I can't do that, so I'm going to hate on them. But I think if anyone took maybe an hour or two to just do learn a little bit about Photoshop, I think that they learned that they could do the same thing just to make little enhances on their photos. Definitely, yeah. I feel like um, the sort of tangible, tangible diorama uh, nutcases can be awfully snobby towards those who use Photoshop as well. Not everyone's got the budget and the time. Um, or the skill, just like with the photo. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Not not everyone's got all this money that they can pump into making all like these like, free time to pump into all these diorama pieces and and make them up. So um, yeah, good for you. But then let's not look down on the people that don't have anywhere near the time that, um, that they have. So yeah, it's important not to uh, to look down on on people like that and not to be a snob about it. Appreciate other people's work. That's so true because you don't, you never know someone else's situation in life. Like someone could be balling and know how to cut the perfect bricks. I mean, I tried, I can't make good looking bricks, but uh, and you got someone that maybe, you know, their life's a little rushed, a little hectic. They're always busy, but they still love the hobby. And so they do a little edit on Photoshop and it's like their thing. Don't, don't take away uh, someone else's enjoyment of something just because you don't attack something in the same situation or have the same, Agreed, abilities yeah. or skill yeah very true very true i i uh, i think um i think sometimes the, all the, the tangible dioramas and stuff they're fantastic but uh yeah not as not as realistic sometimes as doing like a, a awesome um an epic background picture on a screen and then you can just add in a, a few tangible things as well i think it's nice to have a combination of both a lot Definitely. of the time and good fun as well. But, I think uh, Lewis does a really good balance of tangible. He does, yeah. Couldn't agree more, absolutely. His nightmare pictures usually are the ones where he does a great mixture of tangible and screen. 
Yep. And you two both get an awesome amount of depth to your shots despite having the screen, which is impressive. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's so hard with a screen, but good challenge and good fun. Now, another uh, challenge in people's life tends to be getting on time or never having enough time. <laughs> we never seem to have enough time. Even on this podcast, we get cooking and yeah. we just look down and we're already out of time. Yes. We're, we, I mean, look, we're done 44 minutes. We haven't got to the Batman episode yet, but we have finally arrived. And we should have been there five minutes ago, according to our villain. <laughs> it is the clock yeah. king. It is the clock king. I love this, this episode. Leodore, right? Yeah, this is one of my favorites. Um, I love Temple Fuga. He's brilliant. And I love his voice. <laughs> yeah, his laugh is brilliant. Uh, such a great episode yeah perfect casting as always with the animated series but it's what we've come to expect yes and so where we start with the clock king where do we, i want you to you you do the intro for this okay here we go so the i love the title card the stars and yes. um i don't think with this episode it's um i don't think people will have known what is going to happen right from the beginning it's not a predictable sort of story. So we see no. uh, immediately the inside of a train and the doors opening and Temple Fugit walks on and sort of talks to Mayor Hill and says, oh, we've been catching the same train for for years. And, uh, you know, and they, they start to, to chat about um, Fugit's court case, which he's got a £20 million court case, which is uh, a huge, huge thing to Mr Fugit. And uh, sort of Mayhill just offering offers him a bit of advice to try and help him relax and says, Oh, you should take your lunch break at three fifteen rather than three o'clock, you know, just go out in the open, go and take it outside, you know, go and relax somewhere. Yeah, I, love you, said, you, I love how he says you look a little wound up, just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is it, you know, Batman and Robin take notes because this is how you use puns <laughs> properly. This is the correct use of, of time puns. Um but yeah, no, um, he sort of advised him to go outside anyway and relax. And uh, Fugit's like horrified by this and, and thinks it's a, a terrible idea. But, but Mayhill, to be fair, he, he sort of, he does kind of make sense. He's like, oh, you know, if you're so, if you, like you say, if you wound up so tired, they may think that you, you've got something to hide. Um, so he then skipped to later in the day when Fugit's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this this scene is that when the sort of assistant brings all the papers and says, oh, "We're taking a photo camera," exactly one minute forty seven seconds to a pretty though. Yeah, I should have had those five minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He shouts at him and uses sort of a time as a weapon against him, and threatens him to fight, uh, with the sack next time. Um. And then Miss Perkins comes along with uh, his his dinner time break, his dinner time coffee, and he, he asks her to put it in a flask, and she is just completely shocked. <laughs> yeah, you, which which I like is just a little story nod, which right there without yeah. having to spell it out for you, it shows how uh, how like a clockwork this guy is. Absolutely. Yeah, steady as he goes. <laughs> and this is where everything starts to unravel for Temple Fugit. As he goes into Gotham Park, 
Uh, one of the nicer looking places at Gotham from the looks of it. Um, he sort of sits down on the bench. It's lovely, calm. And then on the next minute, as he goes to open his case, the ball that the kids were playing with in the park smacks into it and knocks all his papers over. Um, and unfortunately, the, the wind blows the papers into the water. So he, he's then wasting time trying to dry them out and get them out of the water which means that subsequently he's late for his court case and he loses. Yeah. He loses 20 million. And that, that scene when he screams into the camera is just amazing. Oh, yeah. It just shows, like, this guy is at the low of the lows. He has lost it all. <laughs> yeah. In that moment, his life has just changed. Because of a few minutes. Yeah. And then from there... What were you gonna say? Yeah, it's a, uh, the Joker's right. All it took was one bad day. Yeah, talk about a bad day. Yeah, it's a rotten old day. <laughs> well, and then we get taken to after we see that scream yell where we pan in on his mouth. We get taken to a title card saying seven years later, and yeah, we are seeing a procession where uh, Alfred is driving Bruce, and behind them Mayor Hill, and they're going to some, you know, he's running for, re, he's trying to get reelected for mayor. So he's going to some, uh, something political rally. Yeah. And all of a sudden while they're talking, while Alfred's talking about how uh, hungry he is. <laughs> uh, he, they get hit by a car and they try to figure out whose fault it is. And Alfred tra- spars and trades verbal blows with the guy <laughs> until, until Bruce <laughs> Until Bruce says it's no one's fault. Look, and like the the street lights are going nuts, and everything has come to a standstill. And Bruce looks up, and he could see that there's a shadowy figure on the roof. And he presses a button to which reveals a huge banner that was supposed to say "Re-elect Mayor Hill." It is defaced, showing devil horns, glasses, a villainous mustache, a tongue sticking out, and it says "De-elect Mayor Hill." Oh, Meanwhile, it's brilliant, isn't it? The scene, it's brilliant. Oh, I, I, love it. I, I love the, the Alfred's initial snootiness towards the taxi driver. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, and listening to uh, traffic laws, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and then uh, when you got, um, yeah, exactly. The, the taxi driver isn't impressed by by that at all. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic. <laughs> uh, Fantastic little scene that is, and I love the uh, the banner mocking Mayor Hill. I love Mark, one of the guys, makes he says Mayor over the hill. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, that one. Uh, they are getting a lot of jokes and puns in early on this episode. They they are. It's it is it's a wonderful first act. It's a wonderful. Uh, meanwhile, while that's happening and the banners displayed for all of Gotham to laugh at, Bruce is running up. Uh, the stairs of a building. He didn't want to take oh, it's the brilliant. And it's, yeah, like Scott said, it's actually a really brilliant scene because as we see him going up each uh, leg of the staircase, we see as he's changing into the Batman costume. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So I'll say it again. You cut out there. Oh, I said, which part did I cut out? Oh, did he change into the Batman costume? You said? Uh, and then we see him bust up into the roof coming face-to-face with the Clock King. Yeah. And the Clock King actually has a little uh, 
with a time a pocket watch and he throws it at Batman causing an explosion. Batman still tries to get him, but because of his knowledge of all things time going on in Gotham, he does a free fall backflip onto a train and he's able to easily escape the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the first act. There's kind of been two acts already. But. Yeah, I love it. I was just like, uh, the only thing you need to know is that the 9.15 is always six minutes early. Uh, he just jumps back onto the train. Very Brilliant. acrobatic. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, from there, Batman, he decides to uh, investigate the city li- traffic lights, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So he goes to Gotham Transit um, to investigate what's been going on because it's where a few that would have had to have been to sort of hack into the light system so he and he finds there an exploded watch which um he manages to get the serial number off and manages to trace it back through the city records to temple fugit what a detective what a detective i think what i love about this is that alfred's just driving around in the car with just batman <laughs> in the back of it there's a normal car it's also weird seeing batman out in daytime i think it's the first time we've ever seen it in a series yeah, it's true. He's just kind of walking. Yeah, he's just casually bowling around in the middle of the day. My favorite scene is Batman grapple guns out of the moonroof. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, he uh, he does some detective work. He's able to uh, find that the serial number traces back to a few gets old clock clock business, I guess. <laughs> A little hideout. Yeah, I love that hideout. The whole design of the of the hideout is just fantastic. And then, where do we go from there, Scott? Okay, so as he um, is checking it out, he can see the the Mayor Hill protest poster, <laughs> and instantly he's like, "Yep, it's him." As if he needed to have any reassurance, he gets it anyway. Um. As they go back into the car, they're sort of listening in on the radio. They hear out hear about a blackout near the main bank branch, which uh, has time locks on it. Coincidentally, and they both look at each other and go, "Fugit." <laughs> um, so as Batman goes to uh, goes to the bank, he's investigating the safe. Notices the gas, so he's out with his gas mask on. Walks straight into the safe, which then slams shut, and Fugit appears on a tape. In saying sorry, I couldn't be there in person. <laughs> um, and he, he sort of says he knows exactly how long it would take for him to use his plasma cutter to get out. So instead, he's just going to remove all the oxygen from the room within 15 minutes. And uh, and yeah, so Batman has to be very inventive with how he gets out of the situation. Yeah, it's, it's also impressive to know that. Tempo Fugit's been studying him and he knows all his little tricks. He calls out two things that Batman tries after he tries out the plasma gun and he says something about trying to break something. Or... Yeah, and he's like, I know you're prepared with your gas mask, so I just decided to remove all the air instead, which is quite <laughs> a cool way. It's quite a cool way of doing it. And I think this is where we start to take him a little bit more seriously. Fugit. Definitely. It's like, man, this guy has well, a lot of uh, a lot of a uh, resources to him 
a lot of resources and a lot of anger built up in there. Because we still really don't un- fully understand his angle towards his hatred. And we understand, obviously, about um, Mayor Hill and that, but we don't totally understand what he's going to do yet. No. But he does have him, right? He does. He does. So, um, at the same time as Batman's being trapped and um, left to starve of oxygen in this safe, Mayor Hill is opening a new rail station, the... Uh, uh, central station in Gotham underground and when Mayor Hill announces you know, like the first train arrive it doesn't turn up and then Fugit sort of um, heckles him on the speaker uh, saying it's late and then you know, everybody needs to clear the platform because the train's coming and it crashes and ruins the whole, the whole sort of presentation and while that's happening uh, Mayor Hill is captured by Temple Fugit Something that only the commissioner notices, which is quite cool. We got a few lines from Commissioner Gordon. Definitely. And uh, from from there, we go straight back to Batman in the safe, who manages to uh, use the sort of the I don't know if it's the right word, the reel from the tape. Yeah. To uh, make a sort of uh, conveyor belt to move the bomb along towards the end, and then the just manages to get use his last few breaths to muster up the energy to chuck a batarang at the box, which then blows up, and he manages to make his escape. It sounds very much like an Arkham Asylum game. It really like getting is, out of yeah. something. <laughs> it definitely is. It, yeah, it definitely remote is. control battering. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It really is. And uh, yeah, Batman escapes and makes it into the final act of the episode. Mm. And a fitting place to for it to be too. It is in a huge uh, clock. And I know that would be an epic Arkham game battle as well. Something like that. It would be. They should have used the clock king. I hope they do. If they make a new Arkham game, they <laughs> certainly should use him as a villain. That'd be cool. If you had to go into <laughs> the clock tower and fight Fugit. Yeah, and Batman remembers uh, Fugit's papers that he saw, and he. Heads to the big clock tower, which is cool yeah. that we get to see the inner workings of the huge clock and all the gears. And we see that Mayor Hill is tied to the hour hand of the clock and that the minute hand is fast approaching and that he will be destroyed by the very thing that destroyed Temple Fugit's life. A few minutes. Yeah. And he'll be destroyed. And Batman gets there and, you know, a fight ensues where a pretty spry and much more nimble than we thought Temple Fugit uh, actually put gives Batman quite the run for his money using yeah, his yeah. little his little cane hand sword, the hand of a clock, and just using the gears and his knowledge and the inner workings of the clock to escape at just the right moments. But as you know, any Batman episode does, unless it's a two-parter, Batman outwits him eventually. By making sure he gets uh, stops the gears, since that's you know Temple's main uh, advantage is the inner workings and knowing of the clocks. Batman just yeah. clock all together, destroying the clock, halting it, and uh, just in the nick of time before killing Mary Hill, and uh, all is well. That ends well. Absolutely, I, I, my, my, Temple Fugit. My, my favorite quote from the whole episode is. Um, about when it's like, oh, he did no crime to you. He goes, he did worse. 
you made me late. Ah, yes. Yeah, that is your favorite line. (laughs) Brilliant. And uh, he's like, you know, it takes you a twentieth of a second to throw a punch. And um, and also we finally get to hear his real sort of anger, quite apart from the fact that he made him late. But the law firm that was representing the suit against his company was run by Mayor Hill, which is where he really thinks he's been betrayed by. Him. Ah, just more perfect writing. Yeah, they're just adding all those extra sort of details to give it that bit more depth. But now. It's, uh, what do you think of the episode? What do you rank it? Love it. I love the episode. It's fantastic. I'm gonna give it an I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I love this one. Really? Nice. Yeah, I love this one. It's one of my favourite. Love Temple Fugit. He's fantastic and uh, great introduction to this character and he's a little bit alternative to what we've seen so far. We've seen that up until this point, we've seen a lot of pure villainous people. I mean, Temple Fugger ultimately isn't a bad person. He's just, he just feels wrong and he's sort of misinterpreted um, the situation. And Batman's got caught in the middle of it, whereas sort of with Joker, Two-Face, you know, it's a directly Batman-involved sort of thing. Um, yeah. Whereas Temple Fugger's only got a problem with one man, doesn't care about Batman, doesn't, doesn't <laughs> want to harm anybody else, it's just Mayor Hill, he hates him. So... Um, yeah, definitely give a snake out of ten. I love this episode a lot. What do you reckon? I would say, uh, I would say I hated this episode when I was younger because I thought he was a lame villain. <laughs> growing up, I grew to really, really like him and enjoy the story. I, I feel like this is a strong episode, especially in the beginning. I really like seeing like how he becomes who he is, his fall from grace. I like seeing the uh, the witty banter and just how personal it is at the very beginning between Fugit and Mayor Hill. I do think yeah. the episode kind of slows down at the end, kind of just becomes, uh, you know, like the normal Batman fight thing. There are some inventive things that they do with Clock King, but I, I would I really enjoy for this episode. I enjoyed the character study of the beginning part of seeing just what drove this guy to become what he is and his motivation, like what you said, now he's after yeah. after one guy. And it's not necessarily Batman. Good. So that kind of makes the Batman fight, you know, it's just Batman getting in the way at the end. It's more about yeah. Mary Hill and, and Tempo Fugit. It probably frustrates Batman even more, doesn't it? Because the fact that it's not interesting in him, he's interested in somebody else. And Batman's just, you know, it doesn't really matter to him. Yeah. Man, that, so I think the beginning of this episode is where it's most brilliant. And yes. I really like also, of course, the very detective Batman style action in the beginning. And the the end, it kind of peters off, but it's still a solid episode, so I give it a seven. Yeah, fair play. I think that's a good good rating because it, yeah. I I have to say, I like uh, the second episode, Temple of Fugits, in a little bit more. Oh, Time Out of Joint is just fantastic, awesome episode. Yeah, it just takes the the character that we just saw as a normal everyday man and kind of gives him godlike abilities. Amazing, absolutely amazing episode. And yeah, speaking of amazing episodes, we hope that this is an amazing episode. Yes, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a blast this one. Really yeah, enjoyed I feel it and way uh, stuff in. Yes, and um, talking of episodes, our next episode that we'll be looking at 
is um, like a, a more sort of down to earth episode and a, a much more emotional one, which is appointment in Crime Alley. And um, it's the first time we get to really, you know, see the 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 past of Batman and also some of the people that have helped him get to where he is. Yeah, first appearance of Lee Tompkins. Yes, definitely, uh, definitely a fun one, and we get to see a bit more of that evil old man, Rowan Daggis. Yeah, we have the scene. The perfect voice. That yes. <laughs> yeah, that is perfect, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, we again, Scott and I have no idea who our next guest is going to be just because we're waiting to hear back from a few people. But yeah, we hope it's good. And we're Absolutely. thrilled, we're thrilled that you guys enjoyed the last episode just as much without the guests. And uh, the, the listens were great, and the feedback we got was a lot of fun. And it's always fun getting uh listeners request a subject to cover so thank you yeah definitely was gonna say that yeah so thank you to you know who you are i don't want to name your name again because of the hot button topic but yeah thank you yeah I mean, yeah absolutely i mean there's ever anything you want to hear us discuss it doesn't have to always be about figures messaging because we'd love to hear what you want to hear us talk about Especially with the Photoshop stuff. I thought it was a great question. It is a great question, yeah. Real contentious issue with some people. and Yeah, I think it's uh, really good fun talking about that. All right, well, we, uh, in case we don't get a guess, this has been DC Figures and Collectibles, <laughs> where we do what you do too, and we know everything that's going on, controversy-wise, in the toy photography realm. So, yes. if we see it, we'll talk about it. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So thank you guys for listening. If there's a guest, hope you guys enjoy it. If not, hope the same thing. And uh, Scott and I will talk to you later. Hey, this is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram. Also co-host of DC Figures and Collectibles podcast. And a lot of times people ask me, where do I get my figures? Or what method do I prefer to go about getting my action figures? And I tell them the best, easiest way that I know of is going through BigBadToyStore.com. They usually have all the newest things in stock. They have things that you can pre-order ahead of time so you don't miss out on the opportunity of having them. They also have figures from years ago that usually tend to be at a good price and figures that are hard to find that you may need for your collection. So if you need to get a figure of any kind, any brand, then I would check BigBadToyStore.com. BigBadToyStore.com. Go check them out today. Hello and welcome to the guest portion of DC Figures and Collectibles. And today we have for you a very special guest. Uh, a Swiss Army knife of talent, if it were. And if you're not following him, you need to follow him. He is at MindMeldX. It sounds exactly how it's, it's spelled exactly how it sounds with an X at the end. And his name is Blake. And he is a big time fan of uh, Batman animated series and the X-Men, as well as some He-Man. And basically, he's a, a pop culture connoisseur with a cornucopia of knowledge. And we're happy to have him here. Blake, how are you doing? 
Oh my lord, you flatter me so, sir. <laughs> wow, what an intro. Hey, hey, what's happening, boys? Nothing much. We're happy to have you. I'm so excited. I'm like, like a little like nervous to be on this show. This is uh, very, very exciting for me. Oh, well, crazy to have you. Really excited about this. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, I, I I first found Blake because I found a. Uh, he had great displays of BTAS. That's how I first discovered him, and awesome. I, I followed him early on. And it has been a definite pleasure. So I think if you guys enjoy music, if you guys enjoy good photos, pop culture, he also has a podcast, which is fantastic. You guys need to check him out. But first things first, Blake, we want to know a little bit about you, a little bit about uh, what influences drove you to be the man that you are today. Oh my goodness. Uh, loaded question, sir. Uh, <laughs> I'll give the uh, Cliff Notes version. Oh, I blame my mom and dad, probably. They okay. were dressed up as Superman uh, like six months old. Uh, <laughs> so it's definitely their fault. They were a fan of uh, the Christopher Reed movie, and um, in turn, I was as well. But then I kind of took it and made it my existence, basically. So, Early influences were that was Superman and uh, and um, <laughs> my one of my favorite movies growing up was Supergirl. Uh -huh. uh, um, and uh, it eventually grew into Batman when the '89 Batman, you know, Tim Burton film came out, which was glorious. Uh, I was like nine years old, so that got me like really deeply into Batman. And then, of course, X animated series came along, and 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 then. You had to see Batman 89 in theaters and you remember it? Oh, yeah, dude. I was nine. Yes, yes. Well, no, I wasn't quite nine. I was eight still. Uh, yeah, and it was uh, just a couple of weeks before my, uh, my ninth birthday. And my dad took me and it was not his Batman. Um, <laughs> I, I remember his reaction afterwards coming out just saying, that was dark um, <laughs> so uh, but I ate it up I loved it I loved that new version and uh, or to me that was a new version I know he uh, based it so much on a, um, a Frank Miller's you know take on him and uh, took it back to those dark years but uh, I don't know that those were kind of my inspirations and uh, where it all started and you very timely with the 30th anniversary. Can you believe it's been 30 years since that movie was made? What a film. Yeah, I don't want to even talk about that. It's that long. Yeah, Scott, you're making him feel old. That's not how we treat yeah, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be 39 next week, actually. So it's kind of a strange. It's been making me think about, you know, being that young and uh, seeing something. We, we were, I don't know how old you guys are necessarily, um, but I have, you know, we have that interesting, uh, place in history where we saw the very 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 early beginnings of superhero culture as far as uh cinema goes um and now for us to see the beginnings and, and never dreaming we'd ever get something like avengers endgame to now having that and uh star wars and 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 like i don't know all these big franchises it's just amazing to me it's very very weird it makes me feel very old but it's very awesome and I hope you young people appreciate what you have now. <laughs> now were you also big into the X-Men movies when they first came out? I mean, 
yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, and and like I was disappointed with with I, I was disappointed with every single one of them. Was I'm if, if I'm being totally honest, because it's definitely wasn't what my version of X Men was. Yeah, but I love the movies. I do appreciate the movies. I respect them for what they are. And when they came out at the time, I saw the first one, and I came out and put on a happy, happy face for my friends. Yeah, I totally loved it. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I didn't totally love that. Uh, but over the years, I've gained new respect for it, and um, um, and just it has the name X Men, so I have to have it. So I mean, that's how obsessed I am. Well, that's that's any good fan would do. I know that I was always hoping that we'd eventually see like Wolverine in a, a good costume, but it's <laughs> a good movie. Yeah, yeah, like you know, out of all that, all all of the, despite any you know low points, which there are uh, quite a few, um, we got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine against type, but still, he he made the role his own. He was awesome. He was fantastic and. Um, Patrick Stewart, of course. That was every fanboy's dream when they were fan casting in Wizard Magazine back in the <laughs> And we got him! So, Wizard. That was incredible. So, you know, there's a lot of really good things that came out of it. Yes. Now, when did you first uh, discover the community of, you know, toy photography slash just nerd culture in general on Instagram? Um pretty much right away when I joined Instagram, my coworkers were trying to get me to join. And I was like, I don't want to deal with your social media. <laughs> and, um, but I did. And pretty early on, I was, t- I was you know, searching for toy photography. Cause I'd sort of followed um, a uh, articulated comic book art uh, through like toy and all that um, oh, boards there. And, and uh so that was one of the first things I checked out. And then how I discovered you, uh, well, both of you, actually, because uh, I've been following both of you for quite a long time. Um, but uh, it, it's been neat to see, see, see the growth and, and, and just the, um, you know, how you've just uh, improved and, and created uh, your own, I don't know, your own little uh, Batman animated subculture. I don't know. It's just, it, it was, it's, I don't know. It's just so very cool. And um, so I just decided to start trying my hand at it. I don't know. it. Um, you know, I, I had taken pictures of my toys, but just to catalog them. So um, it was it was a new way of as an adult man being able to say I, I play with my action figures, you know, <laughs> way to play with them. So it's uh, a little more respectable, I guess. I don't know. But I love toy photography. I love the toy uh community on instagram they've been nothing but uh welcoming and and kind and um you know i've i've you know gained new friends over the past few years and i know how weird it is to say you know oh you're my friend but not real yeah well you are you're being quite humble and you are it's it's very nice but you are very excellent at toy photography and not only that but you have beautiful beautiful displays for the figures as well uh, when did you decide to do that um that up and how long did that take uh, i don't know well like the batman in particular the the batman animated display right? 
the 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 shelf that it's enclosed in or the display case came from a salon that I work at, right? So okay. the owner was giving them away and I snatched both of them up and, and it's such a weird shape um, that it took me a while to try to like figure out how to use it. And, and I don't know, the, the Batman takes just the, from DC Collectibles just uh, seemed to work in the little setup I made. And then I had to have a background in um, uh, Simon... Uh, Batman the art uh, oh what is he now Batman the animated fan yes sir uh, I know everybody changes their names and then I start <laughs> but he had that awesome display and uh that he posts and uh he created all the backgrounds uh and, and I guess printed them out but uh so but I didn't like at the time you know I didn't have the best computer and I didn't have a printer or whatever so I just grabbed what uh you know anything you could find at a craft stores like foam board and poster board and blah, 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 blah. And I had pastels and I was like, Batman, Batman. And that's probably, I would say, cause I tend to procrastinate and I tend to get lazy in the middle of a project sometimes. Um, so that probably took me the better part of like, I don't know, two or three weeks to do all that. And that like to where I wanted it. Um, well, it looks intricate, especially all the wires, the way you have the, the Batman family up in the air. It's just, I love it. Cool, right? Thanks. <laughs> I do love all the colors as well because I, I, I know probably me and Tyler more than anyone are so like particular BTS stuff. It's all going to be like matte colors and bright colors. And that's what you've got with it. It's what I love. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, it's, to me, it's like, that's what I love the most about like the medium in general is the colors. Um, yeah. How they pop off the page or off the screen. So I think you know, a display should uh, mimic that, you know, uh, and uh, I, I love having vibrant colors and, and uh, you know, not to say like, you know, I'll import them into Photoshop, you know, and, and you know, do a little color correction, obviously, you know, because yeah. um, I'm just way too OCD. So it's like a <laughs> contrast or whatever. But ultimately that, you know, it, that just enhances what's already there, you know, to, to my naked eye. So um Sorry, I think I just a way longer tangent of that than I should have. No, <laughs> one of my favorite pictures that you've actually done is the the lovely sort of portrait shot of Superman looking up at the the sky. They're just like, is the sky ever blue? And oh yeah, yeah. The, you know, talking about Gotham City, and I love that because that's such a. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was fun. Cool. I love that figure. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. At a New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, or last year? No, yeah, year before. Oh. Um, had with him, but I, of course I don't have a pretty Gotham display yet so you know he had to go I mean not Gotham uh, uh, Metropolis so he had to go visit Gotham <laughs> oh I love that though because it, it says truly there's such a contrast between the two cities and they do that perfectly in the series as well that that's honestly I'll, I will argue with anyone today that those two renditions of those two characters and from those two particular series are to me the truest uh, interpretations so mm. uh, they do it best I think we're yeah. not going to argue with you here <laughs> I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a, a nostalgic thing or, or or you know where I am in years but I don't know I, I think still no one quite has gotten either property like um, Bruce Tim and company you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely I mean duh <laughs> Now, because you 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 are a man of many talents, and even 
you uh, you've mixed it up with your toy photography. You've done like you've already mentioned a little bit of Photoshop. There's some stuff where it's completely tangible uh, dioramas, intricate lighting. You've done some work with extreme sets. Uh, what do you find you enjoy the most doing in toy photography? Oh, um, I think trying to just plot out whatever scene I want it to be. Um, mm. I have a couple of projects that I'm in the uh, that are in the works right now. Uh, yeah. They've been in the works for months, of course. Uh, I'm a little, I spread myself a little thin these days, but um, it's creating the story. I think because. Uh, a part of a part of my brain is well, yeah. I don't know. I'm I love filmmaking, so a part of my uh, of why I set it up, and I think how probably most any toy photographer, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's like seeing a, a movie in your head. You know? So it's you're plotting a scene, and you're you're watching the action unfold. I'm sure you hear voices that come out of their faces. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I think that's that that's it's just creating the whole story. I think it's just, um, that is the most fun. And then, you know, the payoff at the end is seeing the shots that you like. And of course you take about a quadrillion, <laughs> you know, and I'm, again, I'm so OCD about this kind of thing. Uh, it, that's, it takes me forever just to find, you know, maybe one shot. Uh, usually I find a bunch and then it takes me another like week to decide. I don't know. It's, um, but when you get there, that is really cool. And then when you get the feedback from the community, that ju it just makes it just so much more fulfilling. And, and uh, to know that you're not the only grown man out there that does this and or woman. And I don't know, it's just neat. I, I never dreamed as when I was a little boy that the community was so huge and spanned all different types of people. Um, it was so taboo back in those days you know and wasn't like looked at as cool it was looked at as geeky and and you know whatever and so now it's the big thing and now you got all these collectors and you got all these toy photographers now that have come out of it and customizers and 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 just rad people um i love it definitely i mean i went i've never been able to come across uh, your page i'm sure if i didn't find you through toy photography and just uh, the array of stuff that you post is so it's fun to follow because you have you have music stuff, you have even your own drawings and art that you do, and yeah, it's just fun to see something new every day. I really especially love when uh, you have a a gig on a Saturday night and you're, you're with your band Skin and Bones. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of, the, some of those would, had to be deleted the following morning, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, Skin and Bones, uh, that's that's my New York family right there. Um, uh, how long have you guys been a band? Talk about them. I'm sorry, I didn't want to like just start. Oh yeah, I want to. Yeah, how long have you guys been a band? How long have you been uh, singing with them? Because it's a you have a great voice. It's it's enjoyable to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so me and uh, Skin and Bones, that's Doriano and Val, um, and now Richie, and uh, on occasion Norm. Uh, we've been a band for uh, six years. Well, I've been with them for six years. They were a band before I came along. It was just uh, uh, Doriano and Val uh, did a duet and they were called Skin and Bones and, and um, you know, real popular. He's, he's well known in the community here um, in upstate New York. And um, he, uh, they, 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 I don't know, they just are 
incredibly warm and awesome and, and inviting and open people. And I, I was a customer there at the salon that he owns. And mm-hmm. I found out that he did music and, uh, and he had like a little studio that he had set up in his house or whatever. I wanted to record a CD for my mom and dad um, because back in 2000, I did that for my folks as a Christmas present when I was living in California and like um, kind of wanted to do a new one that was just like, I don't know, better because that other one is so embarrassing and sad and weird. But That's an awesome creative gift. But that's what I wanted to do. And uh, he, he and I, uh, I just asked if he could help me record that. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and then eventually it just turned into, you know, we went over there and uh, hung out for the first time and, and really kind of like got to know each other. And he was like, well, let's sing something. Let's see, you know, what what you got or whatever. So I sang um, uh, Stupid. I don't know why I picked this song in particular to be like the first song you sing for somebody, but it was uh, Faithfully by uh, Journey. Oh, nice. And he played it and I sang it and then it was like, okay, well, why don't you come back tomorrow and like, let's like actually like learn a few songs together or whatever. So next day came back, we started doing that and Valerie and I, um, she, I forget what song it was that, um, oh, it was some country song. Uh, anyway, she's singing and then I slip in with harmonies and then we kind of all three looked at each other and was like, Oh shit. And, uh, um, that was really nice. And then, (laughs) at the end of that practice he was like all right let's just we want to start playing out again and we want you to join us and it was that's basically how it happened and um and we've been playing ever since really that's awesome yeah and for those of you that think this isn't toy related i don't really care because i just think it's uh cool that you could have some in common with someone and they're uh they're not just one thing like if you love comics and toys it's not just one facet to your personality so yeah. it's nice to see that there's different different sides to something that we all have in common as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, if, if, if you're someone that just strictly follows toy photography and you happen upon my page and you scroll, you're going to see just like a mega mix of, of all sorts of different things. And, and that, I know how that can be like kind of a turnoff, um, you know, cause they just want to see one specific thing, but, um, I don't know. I, I there's other pages for that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like I would like maybe do an, a separate page, uh, but I, I just that's just one more thing I got to add to the list. I got I got to do, and I don't you know I don't want to do that. I can barely handle what I do now. I do way too much. So, um, but yeah, you know I like all different kinds of things, and it depends on my mood. You know what I'm going to post, and I try to have a structure. Like I've I've had this instagram story in the works now for like two weeks that i have not done yet because it became a project because i had to have more pictures of this and more pictures (laughs) my god you know it's like come on so uh that'll happen someday soon maybe but while we're on the subject of recordings you also have your own podcast you want to tell us about that and um indulge us a little bit how you got into it obviously we got into it through collectibles so how did you get into podcasting uh, yeah, well, um, my my best buddy uh, up here, his name is Brandon, Brandonius. Um, he, I know him through my bandmates. Um, he 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 showed up at their house as their more important case. We all didn't get along, <laughs> <laughs> but he came over to my my house one day and he saw my wall of X Men Batman uh, action figures, and we just we were like, oh my god, we love each other. So. Um, <laughs> 
eventually Did we just become best friends pretty much i mean like instantly it was crazy and both of us have like the same level of you know i guess same geek level uh although he's just not as um productive on instagram not that i am but he's like even worse but um he would come over we would talk about all this stuff and then eventually this uh indie radio station here uh in town was uh was asking for shows and so he thought you know why don't we you know record a podcast or or a radio. then it was just internet radio um, wow it about geek culture and and see if they would have us on their station and then they had us on that was the ground.town shout out <laughs> but uh yeah we just started recording and we're now in our fourth year uh and we are almost to 100 episodes Wow, that's amazing. So, I, actually, since you've been doing it for such a long time, what's changed, do you think, from the beginning to now? Um, how popular uh, podcasts have become. Mm. Uh, they were popular when we started, I think, um, but since being on a show and, and, and producing a show and, and listening to other shows now, and uh, just even on social media, the presence of podcasts are just continuously growing. And what's so beautiful about that is anybody like yourselves or myself or anyone out there that just wants to put content out there, it's literally at your fingertips. And, you know, uh, an app like Anchor, for instance, I mean, that what a tool that you can have. It's quality. And, you know, anybody can start a podcast now. And I just think that's so cool and so important for the times we live in that so many creators out there and not everyone's going to hit it big not everyone's going to be whatever but that's about the experience and and um making these new uh connections and friendships and um it's just it's i don't know it's just cool and you know on our show uh hey steady geek and i don't think i said it but steady geek and also hey mag uh, our other co-host that came along a little later, but uh, I don't know. It, it it just brings us together. It brings people like uh, you guys together, and and uh, yeah. it because you know, and you know, like in your everyday life, your real life, in general, the people around you aren't going to be into this stuff. And if they no. are, films or they just are casual fans, and which is all fine, and, and but they don't want to have a discussion, you know, on why. Uh, you know, Heart of Ice is like the best, <laughs> amazing Batman <laughs> series episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, something think, like this yeah. brings the people together, and we can just sit and have a chat. Yeah. Others can listen, and it's just it, it just keeps the community growing. And that's I don't know. Just in four years, it's been amazing just to see the growth of that whole hashtag yeah. modern family. You know, Heck it's yeah. great in a, in a time where the UK wants to leave its own continent and the American president wants to build a big wall. You know, we can just use our uh, use our phones and just all connect together. And yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Especially through this community as well. You know, everyone we have on the, the podcast, I'm sure you found the same. It, it's like we've known them for years. It's, it's really strange. It is. You feel a deep connection. It, it's, it's really hard to explain. Um, and again, outsiders would kind of just scoff and kind of laugh it off, but it's real. And uh, yeah. we've had some really fantastic guests on our show and, and uh, voice actors and comic creators, you know, and then we just had regular us and, and they're all the same. They're all a lot of fun 
and they're all into this stuff. Um, and uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just people are not are le- they're less afraid now. It's a, it's a new way to come out in, in the modern world, uh, and it's and it's For real. and it's and it's a really cool thing. So I don't know. I love the toy community and geek community yeah. so much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been following you and known you for years because of podcasts. We finally get to have a discussion with you. It's been years in the making. <laughs> Literally, I know. I know. I know. We want to have you guys on our show too, and we've got we're we're ahead a couple of shows, which is really good. So we can. Oh, that's make- that's stress free. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but let's. Uh, that'd be awesome. Take a speak for take a speak for us both in saying that would be awesome to do oh, a, yeah. a show all together. Oh, absolutely! We love we love our crossovers. We love 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 them. <laughs> um, you guys know Benjamin David, of course, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. So we, you know, we've had him on. We've done crossovers with him. We have other local podcasters that we we um, connect with. It's just, I don't know. I just. It's I've been I've been in New York State for 10 years and it's taken the past, um, I would say, like with the introduction of Instagram in my life, you know, the last three or four years, however many years I've been on there, I forget, actually. But (laughs) I now feel like I have a really great network of friends, whereas before, you know, it's just my partner, myself and, and people we might meet at work. And that was it. And now we have like we could say we have friends, whether we see them uh you know, in, in person or just talk on Instagram, but you know, it's just a cool feeling. Definitely. Now you uh, mentioned your partner. Now, did, what did they think when they discovered that you were a, a toy collector? Because we know some people are for it. Some people think it's weird. What was, what um, was his reaction? That was something I, I thought I'd be slick about and, and easy <laughs> into. Um, and then I just randomly just blurted it out and I collect action figures, you know, <laughs> I, and I was going to try to be sly, but I, but I couldn't. And, and, uh, cause I tend to want to be an honest person. Right. So, um, that's good. and, uh, it, I, it wasn't treated with any like real, um, response, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's, um, does it, he's very, uh, stoic, I guess. <laughs> His demeanor. Nice. Um, he can be for some, yeah. And uh, uh, but one day I came over and there were these glass shelves put up on the wall, and and I was like, um, oh, cool, you got some shelves. He's like, yeah, those are you know, if you want to bring over some like action figures, you're like you know. Oh okay. my gosh, that's so cool. Are you the one? <laughs> <laughs> was he terrified when you turned up with a great big van full of action figures? <laughs> Actually, I think he was because, was, because <laughs> I stop at like like six. You know, I had to have one of X Men. I had to have one of DC Justice. <laughs> one of yeah. Batman. I had to have one of uh, Avengers, yeah. whatever else there was. And and I oh, I filled those bad boys up. Yeah, <laughs> he's um, a big articulated lorry outside the uh, outside the house. Yes, I brought some figures over. I hope it's not going to be a big deal. Uh, and they brought their friend. So, <laughs> friend. You can't have uh, Batman without bringing the Bat family, and you know, can't have Superman without Supergirl, and yeah, you're gonna bring all these figures. See what I mean? That's that OCD in my head that clicks in, and I'm like, gonna have <laughs> we to all happen. we all share that. Yeah, it's you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just it's to me, it's just funny. It's because yeah. so predictable um, as a collector, and um, 
but yeah, but no, it's it's listen. I have so much respect for for Jack because he uh, uh, lets me do my thing. Has never judged me for it. Never made me feel like I'm I'm a simpleton or a child. Not that we are, but you know, there's that stigma. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, and I've got my little uh, uh, assigned area with my computer desk and display cases and walls, and it's all mine. I can have it, and then the rest is so. <laughs> I love it's refreshing to hear, especially when uh, partners are for it. And not only that, but they, you know, surprise you here and there with some figures or something for your figs. It's always cool to hear. Uh, oh, yeah. He'll go when, when he goes out shopping. If we're not shopping together, he, he, he pops in the toy aisle. It's automatic. You know, now he just pops in there and see, to see what's there. And but he um, is a keeper then. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we've, we've been together uh, 12 and a half years. So congratulations. Oh, That's a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We um, we're doing all right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of congratulations, sir, Tyler, uh, <laughs> you're going to be a daddy. Yeah, that's still mind-blowing to me. Yo, that's dude, that's awesome. I should have started with that at the beginning of the episode. Holy moly. That's okay. <laughs> Yo, how do you feel, man? Uh, man, the first – I'll tell a little story right here, just a little one. Where we went to the doctors to have the scan – I almost fainted because she noticed one. She said, oh, it's beautiful. It's healthy. And then she went, uh-oh, there's another one. And so there was a yeah. twin, and I almost fainted. But uh, that one, it didn't make it, I guess, when it first was in the process of beginning. It didn't make it. So it was very tiny. It didn't, it didn't really get off the ground. But, yeah, I am I'm very excited. I'm, I'm pumped. If anything, it's kicked in me a, a drive to – get my button gear more for working and like getting stuff done. But since you asked, I will let you guys know right now. You guys could be the first to know. I got the gender reveal and it is going to be a, a little girl. Woo! Yeah. Man. Congratulations. Little Barbara. So, well, thank you. I appreciate you for even uh, bringing that up and asking about that. Blake. Well, I, well, listen, I was like, I saw the stories when, when you posted them, but I, I was, I was purposefully waiting until tonight um, oh. to, to bring it up. That is just so exciting. And I'm so happy for you and uh, uh, kudos, man. And I, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's a miraculous thing. So it's going to be different. <laughs> Now, are you going to let her play with your action figures? Oh, yeah. She's already set for life. All right. All right. I mean, unless she wants to, unless she wants more. Because I don't want to share mine. So. <laughs> well, she, I was going to say, no, she's out. She can't. She's going to leave. No. <laughs> I might have to buy seconds of everything. I don't know. But. Yeah. It's going to be different. I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> We, we would be remiss, and it's a, it's a must-ask question for every guest on the show. We have two, and this is mine. We have to ask, what are your top three? You can only pick three because I feel like if you're on the spot and you pick three, those tend to be the ones that you do like the most. What are your favorite three Batman animated series episodes? Okay, obviously the Heart of Eyes first. Yes, that was a given. Love that episode. Um uh, 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 feet of clay. Oh, man, after my own heart. I love the, the animation just in the the second episode and the finale and in, in the the video booth. Uh, that was astounding. 
for television animation back then. Um, uh, let's see, what did I say? Heart of Ice, Feet of Clay, Robin's Reckoning. Oh, Robin's. awesome choice. Um, and of course, like Two Face, love Two Face. Uh, I loved uh, Cat in the Claw. The first one, though. That oh, gee. Saw. Yeah, that was. And that, again, I was like floored by how awesome that show was. Uh, you know, I felt like the, I felt like it took me as a fan, but like a kid, it was taking me seriously and not uh, and not insulting my intelligence. It made me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah, sure. You know, to dumb, dumb us down or whatever. But Batman, the animated series took us seriously. So that was cool. And showed us some heavy stuff. Yeah. Yes, very, very adult themes, and but very cleverly done and um, moving. And this, the the amazing part is this show still holds up today, and it holds up very well. Not every episode is incredible, uh, but most of them are great. And um, I think those would probably be my my top ones. Oh, and um, his silicone soul and oh, that's good choice. That's yeah, that's another... a great episode. A real Terminator sort of episode. Oh yeah, I'm looking at mine, uh, my my picture over there right now. Really <laughs> I just like, oh, to have that in my hands now is also a dream come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Scott, are you ready for yours? Yeah, well, my question is one that off that some guests have played the game, some haven't. So, are you a big fan of the Batman Arkham verse? Um, I am a fan. I'm not a I've I've played the games, but I have not, but I don't continuously play them. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a gamer necessarily, but I do love the Arkham game series. Awesome. Yeah, because the the stories throughout that that whole sort of um, four part almost episode, the way that it panned out, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It is. Uh, The storytelling alone is is reason enough, even if you're, you're not, even if you're like an even more casual gamer than. And even myself, I think mm. the cinematics alone and just the story alone is enough to pull in someone uh, to play the game. And um, not only that, you got all the side missions, and then you've got all the different skins that you can download. Which, of course, you know, I have one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And most most excited, of course, you know, most exciting was the Batman animated skin. Of course, the the eighty nine Batman skin. Um, yeah. But but no, and the voice acting, of course, you know, uh, how that it, it almost makes you feel like it was an extension, maybe, and a very very modernized version of of the old was the closest thing I think as far as story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think the fact that you play as Batman sort of elevates the the emotion of the whole game as well with the epic ending and all the boss fights and the obviously the Joker dying and. There's so many yeah. different emotions you go through just as a player, and it got so many twists and turns. Oh yeah, it, it well, a game never before I don't think has ever like really evoked feelings for me. I think, but that one did, and yeah. and there was what um oh lord, which one is it where Killer uh, Croc? Um, oh crap, which one? Was which that? one was? Say that again. Where uh, Killer Croc is. Ch- you uh, in the sewers. Oh, the asylum. The asylum. Oh my god. Amazing. That is. Nerves. <laughs> that's, that is truly, I think that probably is my favorite boss battle. It's just so good. It is intense. It is so intense. And you know, you know when you're a kid 
when you were a kid and you were playing Nintendo and playing yeah. Brothers and getting nervous and standing up and dancing <laughs> and throwing your arms in the air as you're trying to like make them jump to the right, even though throwing your arms doesn't like <laughs> now and nowadays I guess it does. But you know, but that's what I was doing while playing that particular uh portion of the game when you're being chased by by a killer croc and I'm sitting there throwing arms up like it's gonna help higher. <laughs> Um, yeah, great series of games. Though there's a new one coming out, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it it there's sort of wide speculation. It's it could be one of three um, things: a Superman, Justice League, or Batman game. I mean, I'm hoping it's a Batman one. Um, I feel like best. I mean, feel like that would work the best. Like, if if it was a, a dream scenario, it'd be a Batman Beyond game. I'd love to see a Batman Beyond game. Dude, you and me both. Any, I love anything Batman, but Batman Beyond deserves a lot more exposure. Yes. Yeah, yeah completely agree. Yeah, uh, it would be would be perfect. Um, I mean, please, can we get that on Blu-ray right now? Can we get that remake? Yes. And, and can we get a live action Batman Beyond film? Are um, you a big um, Justice League fan? About the Justice League Unlimited series? And oh, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that whole loved it. What are some of your favorite episodes from that? Because that's my favorite series of anything. Which what the Unlimited or or, or Justice League? Uh, both of them. They're, yeah, I absolutely love all of the the Justice League. Right. So favorite from Justice League, both worlds. Um, I love that. Uh, that part. I loved. Uh, oh, Star Crossed that whole crossover. Oh, amazing! Yeah. Uh, or not crossover, but that three part. That uh, you want to talk about. Catching feelings, that episode was just, or the, the at least that it was all great, but that final moment, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Hawk Girl takes off her mask for the first time that we've ever seen, and she, with uh, and she's with uh, with John. Uh, oh my God, so good! I had that um, speech as well that Alfred gives to Hawk Girl, just goosebumps. Oh my God! Yeah, see, see, that's why I'm. That's what I mean. They understood us as an audience when they were making yeah. the show, any of these shows. Yeah. And they just round it all off as well with Alfred coming back into it from the animated series. And Yeah. 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 Perfect. Same way that they did um, at the end of Unlimited with uh, Epilogue. Oh, uh, yeah. That was uh, when I remember watching that on Cartoon Network live that night and just. Balling. Watching it, but I'm like, are you. <gasps> Like you know, an, an official like ending to the series. Finally, you know what does this mean? What has happened? It just so for it for for I don't know. It was such a weird like amalgam of um, Batman in the animated series and Batman mm-hmm. Beyond and Justice League, and it had this its own weird tone that I hadn't felt or seen before in any of the series. I don't know. It was very very cool episode. They sure did manage to make a twenty-minute movie. It was just incredible with that. What did you think of the epilogue ending and you know, the whole Terry McGinnis and Bruce Wayne father of son things? It's quite a controversial one. It is a controversial one. I, um, I'm not mad at it, and you know, I think it is a little. I mean, it's far fetched, but but then yeah, but then there's the whole like <laughs> suspension of disbelief that can only get me so far, but. I understand why they're trying to connect, you know, why they were trying to do that bigger connection to uh, the Justice League series and, and Amanda Waller, which I think that series made that character really just um, phenomenal. And 
CCH Pounder is the I mean, nobody else can touch the character, I think. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, it's, um, as I've watched it over the years again and again, uh, the more I'm accepting of it, you know. Yeah. I mean, like the um, Joker's bad, Lexus bad, but Amanda Waller, she is just pure evil, that woman. She will do anything to get her way. She would. And, um, I like I liked how they presented her in the episode when she's like really old Amanda Waller. Yeah. And like when she's looking for her pills and, and she forgot what pill she 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 had to take and oh right <laughs> like you know, or he, he left his DNA all around town. Not remotely what I meant. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes. This the writing is just so good. The act the voice acting was always top notch. Andrea Romano, she Yeah. You know, she was a stellar uh, voice director and and actor too. She, you know, did all the other voices, uh, a bunch of other voices. But um, another one I really loved from Unlimited was um, oh god, now I can't remember the name. Supergirl goes to the to the future with the Legion. Um, um yes, yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Supergirl's one of my favorite characters. Uh, like right, being great, all that. Um, yeah. No, that that's an incredible, incredible episode with Brainiac Five as well. And... Yeah, yeah. And um, did you like? Did you guys like the newest, the Justice League versus the Fatal Five? Absolutely loved it. Amazing. I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I really liked the the way they presented the Star Boy. Is it Star Boy? Star Man? Yeah. And Jessica Cruz. I liked that they were flawed and that they had a lot of uh, natural human emotions. I've pretty sure that anyone watching it can relate to especially jessica and just the anxiety and everything and i really liked how they touched that but uh gave it an uplifting message in the end it was i thought it was pretty well done i did too it i was i don't know if it's like not supposed to be in that continuity but i chose to believe yeah they're in that (laughs) (laughs) or not eu but an animated universe continuity and um they just were so busy they forgot to ask, Hey, how's Supergirl there in the future? But Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. It, it, been... it almost felt like the next episode after the series. Yeah. That's really I mean great. I don't see why they don't go back to it. I think they're I think they'd be foolish not to eventually do some sort of official canon um film or new new uh, animated movie or series or something. Like they brought back Young Justice, why why not, you know? Yeah. Justice League Unlimited. Well, something. cast certainly wanted, don't they? Because Susan Eisenberg's got on record as saying that they uh, are all in for a reunion. And if the you know the fans want it, and Warner Brothers want it, DC want it. Well, I'm speaking for all the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need Please. to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Great, great shows. Now, uh, Blake, we do have to ask. We this is a topic we kind of discussed in the pre-show, so. It'd be foolish if we didn't ask someone like you. With articulation or look, do you prefer? Do you like figures with good articulation or does it have to look spot on to the show for you or movie? Um, I prefer because uh, you know, I do custom time when I have time. And if, I don't, if I'm not happy with a paint app, eh, I'll fix that. No, no problem. But I love, I love articulation. The way it is today, so you can 
pose. You can actually pose figures. They're not stuck in some weird pose. Even in the <laughs> 90s, I hated those really pre-posed figures that we would get. And um, Yeah, those are the worst. The Batman yeah, Beyond line was terrible for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, awful. The and the spread out legs. <laughs> the women, too. They always like Poison Ivy. You could only stand her in one spot. If you moved her legs, like the diagonal cuts of the articulation were so bad. So weird. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Well, and you know, before DC collectibles, when they were direct, they were kind of notorious for, um, I mean, the sculpts were all beautiful, but they were all posed in like pre, I don't know. It's very strange, but, um, you know, I like to pose my figures and display them. So it's all about articulation for me. That's a, that's a brilliant answer. And we would also, we would also love to know if you have any, any big things coming up, whether that be podcasts, gigs, uh, you talked about a little bit about some projects you have upcoming that I know that I'm really excited to see now. So if you have anything, we'd love for you to share with us. Um, well, let's see. Uh, anything big coming up? I mean, as always, you know, the band's playing um, almost every weekend. Uh, we actually have the next two off, which is really nice. But um, uh, yeah, if, if you know anybody wants to follow us, we're skin and bone, skin dash in dash Again, dash and dash bones. Yeah, I think on Facebook. Um, and uh, Doriano handles that and he posts um, from there. But if, yeah, if you want to, if you're in the Hudson Valley area of New York, want to come out and see us, just look us up and see if we're playing. And uh, like we got uh, episode of Steady Geek in coming up uh, in the not too distant future. And uh, we're still trying to work on what that's going to be. Um, but we have a little bit of time, so. And uh, yeah, I've got some toy photography uh, projects to reveal soon. Uh, type thing, and uh, that might be that might be all that's like at least fun that's coming up. <laughs> um, uh, well, that sounds sounds uh, exciting. I'm really I'm really pumped to see what projects you've been working on because. If it's anything like you said, the Batman display took a while, and that ended up looking brilliant. So, I'm sure we won't be disappointed. Well, <laughs> now again, we uh, any last words, Scott, before we wrap up? A, a big thank you to uh, to you for coming on, taking time out, and um, oh. yeah, really, really enjoyed it, man. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do that crossover someday. That'd be awesome. Yo, dude, I cannot wait for that. That's gonna yes. be fun. Yes, absolutely. I'm well up for that. Yeah. yeah. We're glad that Scott finally had someone to talk a lot with about Justice League because that is his favorite. So, yeah, oh. I, I, my favorite, and everyone who comes on is always a Batman animated series fan. And finally, we have a Justice League fan, so I love it. Oh yeah, man! <laughs> X Men, Justice League, Batman. Look, that's all my that's all my bag. You know, uh, <laughs> man, that's my bag. Like I, I'm an equal opportunity uh, animated lover, really. So, <laughs> well, we again want to thank. Uh, Blake for taking time we know he's busy he's got a lot on his plate he is a very talented man and uh, we we are just honored that he took time just to finally get to talk with us after years of following him and uh, if you have if you haven't followed him yet again his handle is at mindmeldx and yeah you're a great guy you will not regret it and yeah well, thank you so much for coming on and no, thank you. thank you, man. Much appreciated. Can't wait to do it again. And keep up the beautiful photography, gentlemen. Keep inspiring. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you.
We'll definitely try. So again, thank you guys for all of you that are listening. We continue to see our numbers grow, which is unbelievable. And we enjoy all the feedback we get, letting us know that we're good, we're bad, or we suck. Thank you for that. And we, uh, this is DC Figures and Collectibles, where we follow people for three years before finally getting to talk to them. And it feels like we've known them our whole lives. So thank you again for listening to this and enjoy your day. <laughs>